Okay. Wednesday, May 26th. This is going to be a continuation of yelling about people I'm pissed off. <laughs> Just kidding. Not kidding. A little bit kidding. And then um, I am going to expose where I think God is showing me how other gifts are being displayed in almost the gospel being sold. Um, and so I'm going to be in Acts 8. But I'm first going to go off on what, what got um, us started after the last podcast. Me and my friend, after I went off on how demonic um, leadership using people that are famous and thinking that it's okay to be a famous pastor and that you're a model. And I've gone off on this like so much that this is what has infiltrated the culture of the church and acting as if the culture of the church is to fit into the culture of the world is, is so demonic. It's deceptive and we have to get it exposed. We have to see where this is at. These young kids that follow these ministries and think that this is a way to be and they then want it for themselves and are, are going after things in ministry because of what a lustful pastor is trying to preach Jesus but displaying something completely the opposite. And so I went off on Judas Smith's Instagram and the way I see him using fame now with Justin Bieber and how pastors doing this, this is a blatant sin. And this is something that can be exposed. It's something that can be talked about. This is not the character of God. This is not how Jesus Christ lived. And so after the last after the last podcast, my friend then goes on the Instagram and wanted, wanted to look at, look at it. What I was saying was happening with him interviewing, doing these things with Justin Bieber, and then doing a video of 10 ways to live like Jesus. And she clicked on it. And I started to get really mad. So I was like, turn off, turn off. We can't, I can't listen, I can't listen. And so she tried to put it really low and listen to it. But then we, we hear a part that one of the ways he was going to talk about this was Jesus in fame. Jesus' opinion on fame? Not not quite sure what, what in then, and then when, oh, here we go, of course. Hold on, people, I'm sorry. Um, And then... I was like, we got to get to this message. I can't stand listening to this guy. I need to hear his stance on what he is going to say about this. And, and the introduction to the video says, living like Jesus is always a good thing. What? <laughs> what on earth? Dude, what? I am, I just, people, what is wrong with us? Is it, oh, it's always a good thing? Let's put you on a cross, buddy. Let's put you on a cross. And so then, so she goes, so we had to figure out how to get to this message. So me and her start downloading the apps. I got one app. It was not the right app. What was the app? It was Faithful Something. Faithful Bible app, something like that. It's Faithful Something. He has a couple apps. And whatever this is of these he, these mini teachings, is for people who want to hear what I'm talking about, because I know there's people that are going to want to go listen to what I'm referring to look while I'm talking find out the name of the app okay because I just need to prove my point to people people got to get ugh, they got to get discernment in this and so we clicked to the teaching it was a 10 minute teaching on Jesus talking about fame or Jesus and fame I was like oh I cannot wait to hear what you're gonna say okay the app is called get faithful the faithful app it has a pink logo um and Okay, first of all, he confused my pants off. He confused me so bad at what the point of his message was. 
I was so confused by it. It was weird. It was really like did not present it well. Uh, and it did not give a conviction, an outcome, nothing. It was, he was presenting it as fame. People who are famous, the way we look at them, we have an emotional relationship with them, but we don't understand them. It was, it was, it was in defense of famous. It was the weirdest thing. He was in defense of famous people, which is so bizarre because famous people are an idol to people. Why are you in defense of that rather than protecting the children of God and the idolatry in their heart? You were defending famous people, if I understood correctly, because your presentation was pretty, pretty sad. Okay, let me teach you how to publicly speak and prove a point. Okay, you got to stay in one direction. You got to hit that direction before you go randomly into something else. Okay, ugh. And because I may hop around, but I hop around to hit one giant person. Yeah, I just, I was so confused by that message. I was like, I had my hands on my head the entire time and my jaw dropped. I was going, what is he talking about? This is not biblical teaching. And then he said, I believe anyone who's famous, this is a gift from God. That's what he said. A gift from God. And he said, I had an emotional relationship with Will Smith all growing up. <laughs> that was so funny. How about you, idiot? You have an idolatry relationship with yourself. And Justin Bieber is getting you to the position you want to be. Putting Jesus' name on it. And then called Jesus famous? You called Jesus famous? I want to, like, cry at the fact you would call Jesus Christ he had three years in his ministry and he ran from the crowds. He didn't let people tell the miracles he was doing. When the fame hit, it led him to the cross to be destroyed for your sin. That was with his fame. Oh, I'm shaking so bad. Oh my gosh, it's going through me like it did that one podcast. It's like fire is going through my body right now. Oh. Holy smokes. Seems to me Jesus has a little problem with your 10 ways to live like him. Oh man, welcome to another crazy podcast. I never know. I never know what's going to happen. Because the last one, when I talked about him, there was such a deep sorrow by what was on me. I listened to it. It was not this ferocious. It was sorrow. It was like this and this is another side god has like the sorrow and then the anger of talking about his son that way and giving the stupidest bible story to explain what you're saying that made no sense that famous jesus hung out with zacchaeus in which way are you living like jesus because you seem to hang out with pharisees and pharaohs that get you in kingdom positions where is your zacchaeus no, dang, I'm, I'm cutting your head off right now. Your position is demonic. Your understanding of scripture is watered with demonic theology. You are not teaching Jesus Christ. You are not, and neither are you displaying it. And people, you need to know that this is truth. And know the word of God from the teachers and how they talk about it. He flipped everything. It didn't make sense because you were protecting famous people and then flipped that was Jesus. 
and somehow with Zacchaeus. And it, you, 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 what's your point? It had no point. The 10 minutes left me and my friend going, what was that confusing message about? What was the conviction in it? You left people going to almost have more idolatry to fame. Oh, that's what he did. That's what he did. <sighs> he re- that's what that spirit was doing. He was releasing more idolatry to the fame he has. <sighs> that's what he was doing. He was protecting his fame through that and trying to put Jesus in the mi- mi- mix. No wonder, no wonder the Holy Spirit's a little mad about that. <sighs> no wonder you grieve the Holy Spirit with your display. <sighs> you grieve it. <sighs> All right, people. I'm going to go to Simon the Sorcerer. <laughs> That's what's about to happen. Simon, Judah, Judah the Sorcerer, Pastors the Sorcerer, gonna sell the gospel for your mag- your magical, magical moments? I did not know how this was gonna come together. This just comes on, I start thinking about something, reading into it, this gets highlighted to me. And then in prayer, I started seeing what it was. It feels, it felt like maybe God was showing me that when we look at the outward display of gifts and having discernment on those, we also now need to have discernment on just teaching being a demonized gift. Oh. And it, it, and it can literally align with the story of Simon the Sorcerer who wanted to buy the power that the apostles had for his own gain. And just because this guy isn't falsely healing like Todd Bentley or falsely prophesying, his teaching is falsely prophesying. <clears throat> oh, man. Dang. There's so many people that would be fans of this guy and you can't even, you can't handle this so bad. You'd be so offended by me and like have to jump off. And here's why, because he's an idol to you. You have an idol of a leader to you. And so when someone's teaching you truth, you can't hear it because your idolatry of that leader is so much louder. So what you're going to hear through is, is words from demons telling you that I'm off or this is judgmental or something like that. Just so you know, that's, that's a demon that's coming through your idolatry of leaders. Just call it, just call it for what it is. Okay. Call it for what it is. Um... So people don't know the story of Simon the Sorcerer. I'm going to give some background to Simon the Sorcerer and what he actually did and the power he carried. Because in this scripture, okay, I'm, I'm going to read it and then I'm going to talk about it. Um, this, is, this is about Philip preaching in Samaria. It's Acts 8. Number six, crowds listened intently to Philip because they were eager to hear his message and see the miraculous signs he did. First of all, his message was the gospel of truth. Signs and wonders followed the message of truth. There's double ways to test that. There's double ways to test a purity on somebody. And it's not just the signs. It's going to be the morale. You know, I was reading a book today, International Dictionary of the Bible, under prophecy. And they talked about Old Testament prophets were tested in three ways. One of them was... Um, were they aligning with Mosaic theology, the prophet? Were they, um, were they, um, were the predictions correct? 
And what they said is that is not the, the tail sign because there were prophets giving accurate predictions that were off. So they said that wasn't the only test, but the third test was morale, the, the morale of the, of the prophet. So how about we use those three three tests in, in, in discerning, is their doctrine aligned with the word of God? Does what they say have accuracy on it? And number three, what is their character? And now I don't care if you say, well, he didn't do an out, this is an outward blatant sin. That exposes the character and the narcissism of the heart. And that is a sin. That is an idol raised above God. Number seven, many evil spirits came out screaming as they left their victims and many who had been paralyzed or lame were healed. A man named Simon had been a sorcerer there for many years, amazing the people of Samaria and claiming to be someone great. Okay, I did a few things looking into the background of exactly Simon the sorcerer. And what he, one thing read that he actually, the, the, he was being accused of inventing Gnosticism, starting Gnosticism. That's in the book International Dictionary of the Bible under his name. And, uh, and uh, that was one of the, thing, the the claims. If people knew what Gnosticism became in the New Testament, this is crazy if this is a true fact, okay? That's crazy if he's the starter of it. I mean, that would be mind-blowing. One of the um, signs in, in the power he displayed was levitating over um, somewhere in Rome, um, someplace in Rome, and he could levitate himself. Here's what's crazy. You have, um, oh my gosh, Chris Angel, that those magicians have people heard of those those magicians chris chris angel chris angel and uh it's not blaine cook blaine it, no it, it's it's it blaine it, i feel like there's some guy not blaine cook that's a guy in ministry sorry people not that right that's a yeah that's a guy yeah it's a guy in laguna Niguel. um no who who's that guy that's gonna drive me nuts david blaine david blaine Blaine. okay if anyone watches their magic they're um like full-blown occult magic it's insane impossible magic and he chris angel levitated in the desert and disappeared and it's on video and the reason i can't watch that is because that would just murder my eyes like i couldn't watch it i get too hit by the demons on it but um, I know he did do that. I heard, yeah, I know he did do that. That's one of his his magic tricks. Like, this is like we have people tapping in and doing it so blatant in the world today, and yet we like we're so clueless. Like, we're the world is going, oh, it's it's magic. Oh, he's just a magician. Like, it's so crazy. I'm like, and that's like that is a blatant one. We just have people hiding all this stuff of what they're really doing, like trying to teach on spirit travel. We have Christians teaching on spirit travel. I mean, that is the most like backwards thing for a teacher to teach people something like that I mean you're just tapping hearts into something so crazy that it is so it's so off um another thing um is okay so he claimed that he he claimed the power was through God he was so from from the stuff that I saw read just this text does not explain the people that followed him in the awe that was placed on this man by the power he displayed. Like it was that much. It was that big of a deal. His signs, his wonders and the power that was on him. It, it was, it was really, it was a lot. It was not just like, oh, you just look at Simon the sorcerer. No, this was like, this was big time. This was big time. And uh, so it goes on to number 10. Everyone from the least to the greatest often spoke of him, the great one, the power of God. There you go. Because he was saying this was through God. 
They listened closely to him because for a long time he astounded them with his magic. But now the people believe Philip's message of good news concerning the kingdom of God in the name of Christ. As a result, many, many women were baptized. Now, how do you think Philip was able to pull away people who are under this great awe and magician through speaking truth? Through speaking truth and then having signs and wonders and power displayed through the truth. I mean, the truth of God, the convicting word of God, it can sever a heart, instantly deliver you, change you overnight, make you completely different in how you think in your mind. The true convicting word of God being spoken out has that much power on it. So that is how Philip and the apostles would have been able to pull people out because I promise you, Philip and them weren't levitating. I know he 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 um, he spirit he did where he he changed locations, but the dude was not levitating and doing where the sign was of him. The sign was to of for the people, the children, to have something change on them, healing, um, de- deliverance. Um, I'm sure there was prophecy. There was them getting hit with filled with the Holy Spirit. It was for them, not for Philip. We got preachers levitating. (laughs) We got preachers selling the gospel through the lust of the way that they appear in their life. You are selling the gospel to protect what is feeding you. And then you're feeding the church that, that selling of the gospel. That if they do these things as well and feed their flesh, then they will get to that position too. It's selling the gospel through flipping sorcery. Oh God. Dang. Okay. (laughs) Number 13. Then Simon himself believed and was baptized. He began following Philip wherever he went. He was amazed by the signs and great miracles Philip performed. So he gets intrigued. He's like, this is, what is this? This is amazing. Now people, if you left it that Simon got saved, he, he didn't get saved. Go do some research. There's rarely people that say he actually, this was true salvation. This is what we have in the church today. I honestly, this is where I see this. I know and saw, especially the guy that was over prayer, Irvine Mariners had been in a cult and fell from being unfaithful and did deliverance through witchcraft. (laughs) I could say it because that's what he did. And he's been exposed because he fell. And so you could test all of that. You could test all of that. You could test it by theology. I question if you were in a full-blown occult as a leader, why you want to be in leader of a, a like deliverance, like something like that. Like, because that's just a little scary. If you were that evil in your heart and tent and power in this over here, then when you get in power in the church, I'm, I'm going to question your heart. I'm going to question your heart. I'm just going to wonder where, where did the full complete change and deliverance come? Because then you found out that he was actually tapping into demonic spirits and what he was doing and how you get, how does that get exposed? His morale, his morale. He was living in sin, people. And that's what I think you have an example of. I think you have where it looked like Simon believed and gets baptized. It looks like he's following and wanting things of God. And then how does his heart get exposed? Later on, number 18, when Simon saw the spirit was given, what what was given when the apostles laid their hands on people, he offered them money to buy this power. And here's why. Back then they could, they could buy, um, uh, they called it the wording. 
it was ma- it was magical some it, like they can they could buy things that that uh, would be considered magic sorcery so and i'm in that's how because that's how the devil works like i always said you manipulate demons to get what you want like that's how the that's how the enemy works like you can't manipulate god you you love him you love him you love him you give him your all you praise him you worship him you trust him you believe in him that's that's how you do god <laughs> that's how your relationship is to be with god you don't manipulate to get power from him. You don't need to do things and pray hard enough to get prophecy. You don't need to do the things that, that people are doing in, in deception of the word of God because the heart is off in all of it. And so um, that was something where what he could have done before is per- buy stuff like that. So he just assumes, let me give you some money. <laughs> let me get this power from you. And then number 19, let me have this power too, he explained. He exp- Claimed, so that when I lay my hands on people, they will receive the Holy Spirit. Number 20. And why would he want that power for people to receive the Holy Spirit? Because it would give him glory. It would give him glory. <laughs> it would give him glory, people. This is why people are wanting. This is why people want to be famous. This is why people want to use Justin Bieber. This is why they want to do it. They're selling themselves. They're being prostitutes. They're selling themselves, dude. Simon. Okay. But Peter replied, may your money be destroyed with you. You thinking God's gifts can be brought. You can have no part in this for your heart is not right with God. Repent of your wickedness and pray to the Lord. Perhaps he will forgive your evil thoughts. For I see you are full of bitter jealous, jealousy and held captive by sin. Oh, he exposed his heart immediately. He saw jealousy on him. Talk about a true prophetic word. He didn't say, thus saith the Lord. He said, I see through your morale and your intention. You are jealous and you want this. And I promise you that a cursing came on Simon in the spirit the moment Peter said this to him. Because I promise you the authority the apostles carried of truth of who Jesus Christ was and calling out sin for sin and, and the, at that nature, I promise you his gifts probably flipped on him. I, I, if we don't know enough, we don't know enough. I ain't saying this is in scripture. I'm just saying, I'm just saying, I know how demons work. And I know what happens. And I know when they get exposed, they turn into torment. They do things to the person who, who's, 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 um, who's uh, operating in them. Okay, so number 24, pray to the, pray to the Lord for me. So he, he, he look, uh, oh, the humble card of Jezebel. Pray to the Lord for me, Simon exclaimed, that these terrible things you've said won't happen to me. So not pray to the Lord for my salvation to be humbled, but pray to the Lord because now I'm scared. What are we, what are we, what are we going to God for? You going, you going to God because you're, you're scared of your, your results in sin? Or are you going to God to get the narcissism out of your heart and you're going to God in a repentant way in love with him? And this is like, we have so much deception on just repentance on like all of this stuff when we're dealing with something at, at this nature that is such a big deal that the church is, is allowed and has been, um, praising. The church has been praising this in the spirit of selling the gospel. The church has been praising it. They've put idolatry on it. It's gotten so, so all over the place that now because it's all over the place and all these churches, all these hill songs that get raised up, all these different mega churches. And here's what happen, is happening right now, people. You need to hear this because this is really what's happening. You're seeing a structure like Hillsong starting to collapse. Another Hillsong pastor got busted for sending a lewd photo. He sent a lewd photo. And it's a 
it's ridiculous. It's ridiculous. They had to blur it. The freaking pastor got caught doing this and gets fired. This is what we're going to have start taking place because, because the things have been structured on less of the flesh using the word of God. And so now we're going to have the exposure of the less of the flesh in where this stuff is being structured at. And then it, there's going to be, there's going to be a collapsing of the, of, of the structure that Jezebel has, has an infiltrated that has made this very normal, that this is accepted, that we just, we, this is normal. This is how church is to be now. It's to be very cool. You're to have models as pastors. They're to have very big social medias and make sure they take a lot of model photos and that their outfits are really, really, really stylish and they have really good filters on them. And then they're going to put a scripture underneath it. That, 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 is, that is going to be the requirements for you if you would like to be a pastor at these churches. So not, not your heart. Your requirement is to look like a douchebag. Number one, number one requirement, make sure to get some big glasses. Number two, number three is going to be skinny jeans. And then number four is once you get in that position, start working out more. So you start to look more buff. Those are the requirements. Then, then also use the Bible and wrap it all up in it. That's, that's, that's the last requirement. You're hired. You're hired. There we go. We're going to give you a platform. And they all fulfill like little rabbits. They all fulfill it. Why don't you, you think I don't know what I, why, why don't you go look up the different pastors of these cool, cool churches and their famous pastors and check my list. If all of them are on there, <laughs> the one that may not, maybe glasses. <laughs> but the rest of them is going to be there. They're going to be fit. They're going to have look look stylish. They're going to have a really good Instagram that says, that takes a lot of pictures of themselves and then put scripture in there. <sighs> Shoot, <laughs> I can't help this. So good. I can't help it. It comes over me. I'm like dying on my couch. I get taken over to like clown in like a crazy way. People go, how, how can't you help it? Oh, I can't help it. I can't. I know people think I can't. I can't. My humor gets taken over and God like makes fun of it. I'm so sorry if you're blown away that God might have an opinion like that. Don't worry. I'm not saying thus saith the Lord. <laughs> Oh my gosh, I need to stop. And the fact that I turn to you and like stare you dead in the face when I do it. I'm like, how do you handle this? How do you handle what I do? It's so intense all by myself. <laughs> Just like, and I'm at 26 minutes and I like nailed it. Um, I don't know. <laughs> I'm not used to having such a short message that's just that. <laughs> and I just wanted to punch something like that that quick. Let's, let's see what. If, if God's a... God maybe just needed a power hit real, of something to come through in, with truth because it's a lot to sit with with what I just did. <sighs> Father, God, the, 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 the selling of your word through the less of the flesh that has gotten into what would be called your church we need to just expose our hearts before you and say at this point this is not your church at this point this is man-made church this point it's not carrying the fullness of you and so 
if we as people would get right before you, get our hearts right, that leadership and this narcissism, the showboating, the selling, that people in the sheep would get their eyes open from coming under it. And that the true words of God, the true words of you, Father, that are coming through people, purity, teaching it, that they would start to carry such power, that they would start to really touch people the way that these wolves have been touching people, that you would just double that. You would double and you would increase those anointings. You would increase their words. You would increase this the, the, the way you're moving things quickly and, and get them into the positions that they need to be in. So we're beginning to pull people up in purity just to teach your children who you really are. Father, Lord, in the name of Jesus, God, that hearts would just kind of be filleted before you in this. God, would it leave with such a conviction in the heart to desire and want to know truth even more? Would it make people want to search out things for their self and not just listen to what a pastor teaches? Okay, that's a good point. I'm going to talk about that for a minute because that's something I've been thinking about. I was so indoctrinated through Reformed theology because uh, my dad being a pastor and starting it on me at a very young age that I actually never knew that there was any other theology. I never understood doctrine. I thought that, that it just the word of God was the word of God and the way my dad taught it was what it was. And so when I when I end up in a word of faith Bible school and my my dad you know had issues with it at first and was kind of like this theology is wrong and blah blah. I had no idea what he was talking about because I had never heard of that. I didn't know. There was this charismatic thing. I had gotten the gift of tongues, but I didn't understand kind of that stuff. And I had experienced Holy Spirit, but I did not know there was other things. And so when I started that Bible school, I was so overwhelmed and disturbed by what they were teaching that the I had an idolatry towards my dad being a pastor. And I thought that he just knew like that I needed to go to him. And so I would call him sometimes after a class and say, I don't understand this. They're saying this, 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 you know, he'd be like, that's not an accurate doctrine, but, and he would, you know, disprove it. And then what started to happen was the second year I stopped doing that. And I started to sit in what was bothering me. And then I would, I met with the associate pastor of, of the Bible school to ask him some questions about some stuff that I wasn't understanding in scripture. And then I would sit with things myself. And then what started to happen was that I started to take everything I was being taught and I started to go to God about it in scripture and I started to learn things for myself so that I will never ever listen. I don't care who you are, literally. I don't, even if you're like, if the person's my mentor, if they have a, the, a theology and teaching, I don't just take it. Never. I won't do that with anyone. There's not one person out there to do that with. Um, I don't care the pedestal I put you on. Like I, I put Joyce Meyer on a total pedestal, but I still wouldn't do that with like a theology she, she might have. And that's what I think we're lacking is like, it's good to follow and look up to certain people in leadership. What we can't do is take everything they say and say, I don't even want people doing that with what I teach. Dude, I'm a human. I can I can carry air. Like, and I carry my own journey of understanding this stuff, my own journey of learning it and things like that. There's things I could say now that I get a crazy experience of something later and I go back and I change it. And I'm going to say, you, you grow in these things. Like everyone should. Everyone should have like, you learn it for yourself. You don't take a teacher's theology 
and their doctrine and what they're saying and that's all you believe that is that's so you're you're putting a teacher above the word of god their position is to pastor and teach the sheep but the sheep always need to take in what the pastor says and you need to go take it to the word of god and god's voice you need because the 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 authority above a pastor is the bible and god so you can't put them as the head authority ever i don't you can't use scripture on that either because scripture was already written. Scripture has to be the authority. And so I just think that that's like where that has happened with people. You're not, you, we're li- thinking that they know everything and just assume. Like, I, I I know some people would like, she says it as a joke, but she's like, well, Sarah said it, I believe it. Pam, I'm talking about you because you're going to hear this. <laughs> and and it's like, and I, and I know it's like joking, and stuff, but it's like even like that, like we have to, everything, I I can fail. I can, you know what I mean? Like I could teach something off or not a hundred percent know yet because of revel having revelation and like in, in getting different types and higher revelation and what God is doing. So I think that the discernment right now for sheep and people like someone like hearing this stuff and then it kind of disrupts you to like, I don't know now what leadership to be under because now I'm a little bit like now I'm seeing a lot of weird stuff. You're like, it's okay. You can actually be under those leaders. Everything that they teach, you need to go take back, back to God. It's just removing the idol that a teacher knows everything that you're under. Or the idolatry maybe of the anointing that they seem to carry. Or um, something like that. You know, where it's like, oh, well, it seems to display so much power. It has to be like, we can never just, we can't do that with people. We can't do it. And everyone, and people are doing it. And these pastors that are getting fed by that. They're getting so freaking fed by by the, their followings and how people are putting them on pedestals. Like that, that Carl Lentz had to go and be in the green room before he came out to speak. And then like, did you show up to the Oscars? Did you come in a limo? Did you come in a limo to the Oscars? To pastor the sheep? Like that's so backwards. And one thing I would say about that in the last podcast, I said about protecting your heart before you teach. I said, I don't have to do that. Here's the thing. I used to have to do that. And I think there's something to that. I understand speakers that get a little bit like need to be stepped away. And I understand if they have have a really busy life or that or just what I used to be like that when I went through those couple years where I just had the spirit of Jezebel came at my life, my ministry in so many ways. It took me to such a desperation in, in God and him removing every stronghold that I still was carrying um, from my past that it shifted me into such a stupid intimacy and friendship with him that my speaking, I no longer had to prepare my heart before it. It just changed something. It changed to where like, I didn't have to protect myself before speaking. I wasn't like super anxious anymore. I wouldn't be overwhelmed by the people in the conversations because that's what would happen to me. Be like, if people, because I'd get people would come into like some of my stuff and that be carrying stuff. And then they would kind of do something weird to me because I was in a place where I was vulnerable. I don't carry like that vulnerability like that anymore. Um, I carry that vulnerability more after, but I still will stay. I still would do prayer lines. I still would talk, stay and talk to people and stuff like that. And then, you know, but then I go home and I'm incredibly vulnerable. I'll usually, sometimes I'll cry on and off for two days after a teaching or wake up in the middle of the night and cry and like weep. And all that is, is like the Holy Spirit of what I just did. There's a vulnerability in the spirit realm. That's just like, it's kind of, I don't know how to explain it. It kind of like shakes, shakes my insides. I don't know how to explain it. I think it's just because God just did so much or there 
there was so much deliverance or something was like taking place that my body and my emotions feel it. And that's when I have more vulnerability. Like I don't have where you have to, so I understand if people, you, you feel like you have to do that or you do that. If I even have teachers listening to me, which I probably don't, but I'm just saying someone in, in, in a public type setting, but really that can, that can change. That can be taken away. That can be taken away. And I know it because now that's where I'm at. I look at, look at me. I lay on my couch sick all day. I, I'm not able, I'm not sitting here trying to protect my heart. You know what I mean? Like in a position of like, I'm like, and then I turn it on and it, and God just comes and does it. And I think that's play, it comes to like such a full submission and obedience that like a lot of times for people to get there, I think it, it's going to take a lot of suffering to like strip strip all like those those things out of our heart that the natural world carries because what the issue is is that the things of this world can come and affect a person's mind before they do ministry that's kind of what it is so you have like the that's kind of what i i believe right brian brian pastor houston was trying to explain about protecting your heart before you speak i just do not believe that that's a place speakers have to live i don't i mean can you imagine like the apostles having to do that they were being like on being shipwrecked like living in, in, in prisons. When was their time to prepare their heart when they walked out and did signs and miracles and preached, right? You know what I'm saying? Like that's in scripture. So I just believe that there, there's a truth to that. There's a truth to where you're really just fully walking in like what God wants to do. And it just comes out of you. It's an overflow. And I remember having a woman pray for me one time I love this lady. She's like a lady. Who, all her prophetic was completely accurate. She had no weird stuff on her. And she, um, I, I look at her like a spiritual mom. She's awesome. But um, she she said, she said, you're going to go into the season where you, it, it, everything becomes an overflow for you. You don't, it's not going to be as hard to like, you know, your, the heart is always going to be prepared. And I just believe, and it took a lot for me to get there. It was very, very painful to expose the strongholds of my mind or the effects people would have on me towards it. But that is really something that we as, we as the body of Christ should live in, even if you're not in public ministry, that you live in a place of the overflow of the Holy Spirit. That like it can come out of you any any time that God wants to do it, and it's not going to be something that it's like oh, like so hard, and, and you have to pray all day to go minister to someone at night. Like that's what I used to do. Like if I had a, if when when I started with just living in freedom, like when I would have them, because I would be doing two types of classes a week, and then also working in the salon and doing hair at home and doing prayer appointments. I was I was very very busy, like doing twenty million things on the days that I had those sessions, I would literally stay home all day fighting in prayer to like get peace. I would fight for it. Like I didn't have where my mind was at ease. I was fighting to prepare for that night. And as things began to shift in me, that completely changed. I never had to sit there and all this preparation the same day. I would like, I could live life and go release the word that night. If I was dealing with anything, it was opposition. It was physical opposition. It wasn't the fight of my mind any anymore. And I think that like the the harder we pursue the things of God and understanding him and and really being intimate in friendship with him and the things of this world no longer carry idolatry then we the church can truly be the church because we can go out and have been in prison and go out and display the word of God we can we can always be ready if God wants to move in that moment be prepared for him to come through us in that moment not out of religion and loving your neighbor not out of going out and feeling like you're called to evangelize at the grocery store or you want to get a word of knowledge for someone at the grocery store out of one to see your gift come out because that's what we have people like oh i'm just gonna go test this no it's not it just comes 
It comes when it needs to come. And it, and it, because you're just walking with God, you're walking in him, you're walking in him and the effects, the suffering, the things of the world do not affect that intimate part of you and God, like the suffering and, and what God's doing in my body. It's not affecting that side of me and God. It's not affecting to where I still could not speak and minister in truth. What I won't do right now is pray for anyone and I won't minister individually. I won't do any of that. The only thing I'm willing to do is study and teach on the podcast. And that's just because of my physical capacity. But anyways, okay, I knew I was going to turn it into longer. I can never just shut up. It never happens. I was like, oh, I'm going to have a 25-minute message. Not quite. <laughs> but it's going to be to 40. Okay, God, is that is that good? Lord, that people would walk away with higher discernment through these podcasts, God. Um, that as you're releasing all these different things that have to be shifted in order to purify, Father, that the conviction on it, God, would set people so free, that there would be so much grace and not condemnation, that there would be, a, a, that it would cause like such a desire to know you that way. It would cause a desire for them to want to know scripture for themselves, Lord, in the name of Jesus. All right. Uh, I feel like I'm, I am, I am done. And, uh, I think, um, I think, are we doing one Saturday? We talked about that, right? So there might be one. There probably is. The stuff never stops. Because I texted her this morning and said I wasn't going to do one today. And then by like two hours later, I'm like, I got a podcast. <laughs> so I guess we are doing it. Uh, and I, I really believe I'm at the end of this rope with this. This this has gotten to the worst that it's, it's been. So I believe I am. This is this is this is gonna this is gonna change. Something's something's gonna change. You know, I keep saying it. Said it at the end of April. My big encounter, and then it still didn't change. And I and I have to keep a podcast on to whine about it just a little bit. And people who don't care know anything. Okay, whatever. I'm gonna I'm gonna be quiet. All right. Okay. Goodbye.